Hey, syrup spillers. Have you ever dated someone or been in a relationship? The outline for this episode is going to be a little different, and we're going to try to keep it conversational because my partner Owen is the guest for this episode, and he usually works behind the scenes, and he also works on producing a corporate podcast for his work, and this is the first time he will be a live guest. We're going to get right into it. We're going to cover a few different topics like the relationship ideals, the Disney ideal, one man, one woman, expectations and rules. We can touch on exes and more. So let's get into it and start spilling the syrup and let's give the people what they want. And I'm going to introduce you to Owen. Hi, Owen. Hi, Ryan. Long time no see. (laughs) Yes, because we live together, so... I want to start by asking you about the Disney ideal and your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, the Disney ideal is, I guess, what everyone thinks a relationship is going to be when they're, what, like, 8 to 15, 16? It's the media that pushed onto us this ideal of one man, one woman, you're going to find your Prince Charming or your your queen, and you're going to live very happily once you've found this person. I know you already know that I think this is a complete fallacy, and I think anyone out there would agree with me. To put that expectation onto one person is sort of, I don't know, it's sort of ridiculous in this day and age and the fact that it's still sort of peddles this ideal of like a meet cute and happily ever after is sort of i don't know it's sort of still a little bit problematic to me i could really go on a rant for quite some time about this but i think in general when we're younger and even even when we get a bit older we sort of have this preconceived notion of I will find my soulmate and my soulmate will be Prince Charming from, you know, Snow White and he's going to kiss me on the lips and that is it. I'm very against this idea of the perfect individual for you. Relationships are amazing and especially like, you know how I feel about our one being the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I find in general that this notion that Disney and every media or story peddles of the one and perfection is just so problematic in that it doesn't really let people give relationships time to breathe and accept that they can be worked. Yeah. To make it really work for everybody, it can take a little bit of effort. And I think if you go on the ideology of the, you know, prince charming the disney ideal you miss out on good opportunities because you mightn't be willing to put that work in when with a little bit of work a little bit of effort you can get such a rewarding payback from uh from a good relationship oh that's so nice yeah you're the person for me everyone says it that they are happy that we found each other which i love that And yeah, I agree with you. I grew up with that desire to be with someone and get married and this image in my head of laughing and having the best time and being swept off your feet and just everything being so nice. Then you start dating and it's totally different than what you see, especially in the time span of a 60 minute movie. It's not that you can't be happy and have nice times with someone, but The reality is, is that it's actually a lot of work and maybe that guys are not as romantic naturally as they're portrayed to be in movies. I mean, I 100% think I could agree with that one. It's really tricky, to be honest, 
because I think that relationships themselves and people themselves are just so different that when we think about how society as a whole just sort of wants to put everyone in a little sort of box and say, you're this age, you're this gender or this type of person, this is the ideal for you and go off and live happily ever after. And instead, not only does it take a lot of work, but it sort of undermines that idea of multiple compatibility. I think in general, if we're willing to put more effort in, you are far more compatible with more people than just that one ideal. I, for example, don't believe necessarily in that idea of a soulmate. I think it sort of pedals to that romanticism. And it also sort of gives that idea, if you found this person, that's it. Yeah. I think that does happen for some people. You know, they meet their high school or their secondary school sweetheart and that's it. They're settled for life and that is great for them. That works for them and that's amazing, but it doesn't work for everyone. For other people, it can take time to meet a compatible person. And additionally to that, I also think people can fall out of love and it's sad when that happens. But I think, again, the Disney the Disney ideal doesn't necessarily prescribe to that being a thing, that people grow apart for many different reasons. You know, you have different priorities, different ideals. Yeah. So I think, in general, we encourage people to sort of think outside the box and not follow along and, and make their own rules. I think people in general will be a lot happier and more satisfied. And I feel like that's sort of what we do in our relationship. Yeah, it comes from being two men in a relationship and we're sort of always going to be brought up in a society where it's going to be about a man and a woman. And that's just because in general, that is what most relationships consist of. But it means that we don't have the same set of standards as rule or rules or a rule book to follow that a lot of other people would have. We sort of have to, I guess, just make it up as we go along You know, it's like traditionally, I guess, and not that I'm saying I'm for this, uh, but traditionally, like uh, if a man asks a woman on a date, traditionally, he'll pay in the restaurant at the end of the date and sort of what happens when it's two men or two women. It's that awkward thing of like, no one tells you what to do. Should you both offer to pay? Should the person who asked the person on a date offer to pay? And it's just that's a simplification. When you're forced, as we are as a gay couple, to live outside that rule book, it sort of shows you that the rule book is sort of a concept that doesn't have to exist for everyone and you don't have to follow it just because you think from the media you've digested that a relationship has to be this sort of way. I can't even remember the question, but my rant is uh, my rant over. So that's it. Yeah, that was the question. I just wanted to say that I agree with you that, yes, my mind has definitely changed on this idea of soulmates. And I don't believe in soulmates either anymore, whereas before I used to believe in that. But I like the idea of a soulmate as in, like, having a great relationship that there's someone out there for you that they really just make you so happy. But I also think, like, the way society sort of frames there's only one person out there that can make you happy but then like god forbid what if that person died and then what so you still deserve happiness but yeah it does take time so i guess what you're saying is too we should normalize being single and it's okay to be single i think for us in particular we also have really good communication is that the secret to a good relationship 
I also just want to say that, yeah, we internalize the fact that there isn't that many LGBT people on screen or any of the media that we consume, especially when we were younger. I'm trying to think, and I never saw that many gay relationships to even have a sort of reference point. I can think of one, and I think it's from Glee, Chris Colfer. Is that his name? The first one I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, Kurt and Blaine. This is showing my age here, but they weren't mine. My my original one was Dawson's Creek, and I think Coronation Street were my two original references. And the Dawson's Creek one was both were not great relationships because they pretty much centered on that individual being gay. Essentially, it took a while anyway for um oh I can't even remember his name for the character in Dawson's Creek to find a boyfriend and then. Pretty much in Coronation Street, I think Todd Grimshaw was the character's name. He just had a disaster on his hands because, I mean, it's a soap opera, so it's always going to be a disaster. I think soap operas as your metric for a relationship is probably poor, no matter what your sexuality. Um, But yeah, I think we'll jump back to sort of what you were saying about being single. I definitely agree with normalization of being single. I think as a society, there is so much pressure for someone to get into or find a partner in a relationship there's nothing wrong if that's what you want to do it's your prerogative if that's what makes you happy but I fear that a lot of people fall into it and I am one of these people when I was younger just to be in a relationship like you settle down and you look past incompatibilities just to be in a relationship because society sort of tells you that is what you want. Yeah. It's a tough one because I do think we need to say to people, no, like even the description of like a spinster or whatever automatically creates this negative connotation of, oh, this person never got in a relationship. So there's something wrong with them They're, you know, and it's like, why everyone's so different. And this is sort of my ideology in life and in relationships If you're different, you do you. You got to do whatever makes you happy because we get one run at this and who knows what's next? Who knows if anything's next? So you might as well enjoy this one run and make sure that you are happy with your choices. Never settle for something or someone that doesn't bring you joy. Originally, obviously from Ireland, a Catholic country where they sort of, you know, push on this idea of get married to a woman and have kids and that's it you will be happy when you do that and that is so far from the truth from anyone i've talked to because that isn't what makes you happy yes that can contribute to your happiness but in reality you got to do what's right for you so you know maybe getting a partner and traveling the world is what you want to do maybe being single enjoying life and being sexually liberated is what you want to do whatever you want to do you just got to go for it yeah And I think for me, that is what we need to encourage in society, not necessarily getting in a relationship or staying single, but living by that own rule book that you create and never questioning it. Because again, people will sort of push their own agenda or opinions on you, whether they mean to or not, because this worked for them. And just because something works for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And I think that's especially true with relationships. And I have so many amazing friends that are single and of course i question why they're single because these people are amazing like if i was so inclined i would definitely date them but once they're happy i don't care 
Like once they're happy, that is the main thing. Once they're living their life and doing their own thing. And I guess it's sort of is anything in life. Like it's sort of a one catches all rule of just do things that make you happy. Because I think we fall into what's expected of us instead of just doing things that make us happy. And again, we fall into this notion of to be a success, I have to hit these markers, these metrics in life. I have to find a partner. I have to settle down. I have to buy a house. I have to have kids and maybe adopt a dog because adoption is always better than buying from a breeder. Yeah. In saying that, I also feel that we need to sort of, as a society that's aware of... I don't know, stereotypes or or these expectations even, we need to push back against them and just realize that, you know what, I can do whatever makes me happy. If it makes you happy to sit on a couch all day and watch movies, do it. Like, who cares? That That is your thing. That brings you joy. If it makes you happy to exercise, that is what you do. That brings you joy. If it makes you happy, you know, to go to dress up in anime and go to these events, do it. Like, And I think that's something that you can bring back to relationships. It's the same thing. Don't settle. Don't just go for the first person that shows you attention. Be a bit picky. Every potential date is a potential life partner. You, You mentioned about soulmates. And it's sort of funny because I disagree with the overall concept of you meet one person and that's them for life. But I do think that there is people out there that are your near pure compatibility. Yeah. Once you find that, you should embrace it. You should love it. But that won't give you the fulfillment I think you think it might. Again, society pushes these ideals and this idea of being so fully fulfilled. Um, And that's a lot of pressure to put on this one human being. Like, you are to give me everything. You are to be my everything. And although I think they should be your everything, I think realize that they are still human. They are not superhuman. And that they might not be able to do everything that makes them imperfect. But just like you, the beauty of being human is being imperfect. And realizing that, yes, sometimes, you know, you need, you can lean on friends because sometimes it's a bit much for your partner. I can't even remember the question. I remember I was going to go on to something about LGBT, but my memory, I'm old. My memory goes. <laughs> um, no, you answered everything. But I'll take it back there because, as you know, Ireland had a vote on same-sex marriage, a referendum in 2015. What do you think the biggest change in Ireland has been since 2015 till now as far as do you see more acceptance of gay people and relationships in society it's a funny topic because even in my in my life i have seen such a glaring difference from because i went to uh university pre the marriage referendum and i pretty much left i think i came to canada in 2016 and i was in the u.s 2014 2014 to 2015 actually I only see Ireland in those little times I get to go back and visit friends and visit family. But I will say there is a major difference. And when I go back and see those little bits, it brings me such joy. It brings me such positivity because it is such a weird, weird concept to have to vote on your own right to marry. 
we are told from a very young age marriage is super important that is the goal you find that person you go for it you put a ring on it and that's it you you are happy you are content and as we've discussed elsewhere in the podcast necessarily be true or fair to put that much pressure on someone but that has definitely stuck with me even in my cynicism that ideal of marrying and showing outwardly the world this person that you love so to have to go and vote on was such a bizarre experience or even talking to friends and family about it now to be fair my friends and family were all super and hyper supportive Honestly, I remember my friend Allison running around Penny's, which is where I used to work, and she and I were checking to make sure everyone voted. That's the sort of friends you need in this world, because it's such a bizarre concept to have to to have to go and vote to be able to marry someone, to be able to marry the person you love that you want to, if you decide, spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. For acceptance of LGBTQ plus individuals, I think it was a big change maker in Ireland. I mean, obviously the day that the referendum results were announced, which is the next day, Ireland's kind of weird because unlike Canada, sort of everyone goes to sleep after the results are in and doesn't count until the next day, you know, to, to build up that tension. But it was such a celebratory day. I remember I was working and I kept checking my phone just to see, like, have they announced Dublin or announced my area yet? And have they announced the overall? And pretty early on, it was clear that it was going to pass, which is major. Uh, It was a, a, a turning point, I think, for that country, followed a few years later by the referendum on abortion because you you can't forget that especially to outsiders ireland was a very conservative country and people were right ireland traditionally was a very conservative catholic country with its morality and its laws and this was a major change and before it i honestly didn't see many same-sex couples holding hands in public because you know, you didn't know what you were going to get. And I lived in Dublin, which is is the biggest city. It's the metropolitan one. So it's probably the most accepting prior to the referendum. And yeah, you would never see this. So you sort of never saw yourself reflected in society. And after it was such a turning point now, because it's not weird anywhere, whether you're in Dublin or Galway I don't go to Limerick often, but I assume it's the same for like Limerick, Cork, Waterford, to see people holding hands, even if they're same-sex couples, and not be a political thing, it just being outward showing of love, an outward showing of like, yes, yeah, this is my person, this is who I am in a relationship with, what about it? And I think that is a subtle showing of just how the opinions have changed, because it sort of wasn't just a referendum on should lgbtq plus people be allowed to get married and it be treated equally within the eyes of the law it kind of became a referendum of do you accept these people and thankfully positive outcome it's interesting especially as someone who now lives away from the country to see how it is progressing and hopefully ideally this will make everyone's relationship more valid and people not be afraid to show who they love and to share that with the world because honestly like it's funny like when when it comes to sharing that with the world like i have you and until before you obviously you used to like show off your partner to 
you know your friends and stuff be like look how hot he is or whatever it's not till you truly love someone that you actually take pride in being like no this person is just like this person's a great person and this person is is my person and i think the referendum changed the ability in ireland to do that so outwardly and so openly with more people you're not as afraid i guess and you don't feel like you need to stay in the closet or keep it a secret as much at least that's my experience i know other people's be different but i feel like it just it changed that feeling in the air in ireland that's something i think i will take to uh, the grave that memory of those days and having to go and vote for it just feeling the country was different after it. Yeah, it's such a historic moment. And just being able to visit Ireland with you and seeing the place where it all happened is amazing and a privilege for me. And as you say, it's so important for equality and it is necessary and it's helped so much. And everyone's relationship can feel valid however they want to express or celebrate that. So that's amazing. I also want to touch on some of the other things you said too, and that I completely agree with, like one of them being realized not everyone can give you everything. There is a degree of settling in anything that's life. And yeah, all of that is a lot of pressure, but I would like a cute dog for us to adopt or get. So hopefully we can still do that soon. And one that's going to fit under the seat, when we travel and one that's going to be small because I want a small, cute dog. Personally, I come from a very like cookie cutter place where I grew up and that just wasn't for me. I just thought that was boring, but there's no judgment on anyone where that mold fits, but I didn't particularly see a lot of diversity in relationships in viewpoints until I had gotten older. I prefer the sort of big city cosmopolitan energy that Toronto gives. It's also totally fine just having friends or non-romantic partnerships. I think that people make you think that that's weird. Like it's they're suspicious that you're not with somebody. They have to try to pressure you into dating and they're asking why you're not dating anybody. But it's really not a big deal and it's really nobody else's business. And of course, life is short and you deserve to have a life that's has experiences in being fulfilled. And sometimes when you settle, because as we just said, there is a degree of settling over anything in life, you miss out on those things. So make sure that you're actually in a relationship and not just going through the motions, but actually still growing and experiencing and learning and so i want to ask you a question and that is what's the biggest difference between the way we look at relationships if i could say that or what is the biggest difference that we have in our personality so when you say uh biggest difference i'm i'm sort of a little confused by the question do you mean between like now and when we were younger or now and when we first met yeah i just mean like in general do we have different viewpoints on relationships in any way? Oh, yeah. So I completely misunderstood that assignment. <laughs> yeah, I think, listen, I have a few more years on you. So I think I have a slightly different and probably 
altogether more pessimistic opinion on relationships than I think even you do. I sort of swung completely the other way when I start turning 1920 and saying, why? Like, why is this the way we think of relationships? And I think that's where I became more pessimistic and my idea of questioning everything anyone throws at me. It comes from that idea of wait why do we think this way why why is a relationship this why is a relationship thought as like a man and a woman why is a relationship one-on-one like why does that necessarily make you happier because people tell you it does when we full-on know that isn't what makes you happy what makes you happy is actually the things that make you happy it's like eating that first bite of chocolate and being like yo i like this this is great chocolate yeah For me, it's sort of like, I think our opinions differ in that I think you are a little more romantic than me. Yeah. And you also believe in the soulmate ideal a little more than me. And I think that is commendable because you bring me down to earth. And I think, honestly, that you made me believe in love again because love had become with previous relationships sort of this abstract concept this abstract emotion that you feel love for friends and family but that romantic love sort of i lost it a little bit uh, along the way because i became a little more pessimistic and you you i guess brought that back into my life oh that's so nice I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, I'm a cancer, so I'm very into love and and romance and physical touch and all sort of expressing emotion and intimacy and all that. So it's pretty natural, I think, for me. If I was to say the biggest difference between us in that regard, I would say you're just a little bit more rational. You're just a little bit more level-headed. You're not as emotional about things that, like, I've just learned that I don't need to be this emotional. I don't need to take things personally. I could just accept feedback in terms of even just being in a relationship and it not be a big deal and just how to talk things out without feeling hurt all the time. So that's really helped me become stronger. And I want to ask you another question. And that is, what would you tell your younger self dating if you could give them any advice? Because you kind of touched on how you've changed attitudes and from the past until now. So I'm just curious what you would say. Ooh, that is a good question. And you didn't tell me you were going to ask that. I will, because now I have to think about it. I can answer it first if you want. No, no, I'll go for it first. I think to tell my younger self, I guess I would tell them that just like every aspect of life, I guess, it isn't particularly easy dating. I think it's a minefield sometimes. And especially when you're gay, you're sort of go into it very, very unprepared for what you are going to experience. Um, but I do think that sort of minefield can make it sort of wonderful. I do believe in this idea of your past life, you shouldn't regret it because it has led you to this point. All the combination of actions in my life 
has led me to this point right now of recording a podcast <clears throat> unwillingly, but recording it nonetheless. And I think that dating people is part of that and and meeting new and wonderful people. I mean, I'm lucky in life that I have dated a good number of people and some of these guys were wonderful. Some of them were, were far from wonderful, but I still got valuable life experience from every single one of these people. And they are a part of my story, thankfully the past, because my future is definitely you. But I would tell myself to stop worrying so much and stop being so, you know, into trying to find someone at that age of like 17, 18, 19. It's all about like dating someone and finding Mr. Right and like that will bring you this happiness don't fall for that. Don't fall into that. Instead, just enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy life. Embrace the good times. Be sad at the bad times, but don't let them bring you down. Because honestly, life's too short. Try not to let other people's opinions sway your feelings and your emotions. And, you know, just go for it. Like, go on that blind date. You know, go meet that person you talk to that you met online. Just go for it because you never know what's going to happen. Just a disclaimer, we met on Tinder. So if I didn't go for that guy I uh, met online, I wouldn't be a guest right now. I guess the sentiment of this whole podcast, just start playing by your own rules. Just do what makes you happy and look for a partner or partners. No judgment out there if anyone's polyamorous to just find that happiness Find that zen, find that match that just makes life, that just makes life better. Um, and they're out there and those people are out there. That's what I'd say to little in the closet own. The end of that was so nice, but I just want to start by saying the shade at the beginning. I do recognize that shade of having made you record this podcast. But anyways, it was shade and it's all 100% true. Okay, that's fine. So yes, meet in person. Yeah, don't spend forever chatting on apps because it's not the same chatting on an app as it is in person. You need to meet them in person to have any sort of gauge on on how they are in real life and how they act versus the image of them that you have in your head. Life is really a series of events, choices, actions that lead to this moment. And I think you can control your destiny. And I think what's changed for me is my very first relationship where someone showed interest in me, where a guy showed interest in me, I was ready to do anything to make that work. And now I look at it like I don't need to have all my eggs in that basket. That was never meant to be. That wasn't fully compatible in so many areas. And I don't need to blame myself for that. And to be honest, now I realize even looking back, there's a lot of things that I had to go through in realizing what it means to date, especially dating men. As we said earlier, there's no reference point. There's no rule book. So these are all added stresses. And just don't blame myself too much for that. And I mean, look at me now. Now I am happy in a relationship that's, I would argue, moving towards long term. Yeah, look at the stud you got. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you brought up some really great points. I think we're all guilty of it. I, I guess I'm just talking from personal experience. I assume we're all guilty of it. When you're young, 
just throwing yourself at the first person that shows interest because again that's what society basically tells you you do not want to be alone for the rest of your life so you're willing to sort of compromise and you're also new to it you don't know what to expect you don't know what you like you don't know what you don't I still think that makes you sort of look past clear red flags or clear indicators that maybe this relationship is not for you. And that is something we should actively discourage people from doing because you shouldn't settle. Like my sentiment is never settle. If you're in a relationship and your first can be very exciting, you sometimes if the person shows like major interest in you, you just sort of are like, okay, this must be it. This is the one. Let's put a ring on it. Let's get married. But instead, I think you should focus on yourself and realize that relationships should be complementary. I don't necessarily think of this ideal of yin and yang and that there you only one person that will fit into that puzzle piece and they will make you whole. I believe that like anything, a relationship of any sort, whether it be a friendship or a romantic relationship, should complement the rest of your life, should bring you joy, should Marie Kondo spark joy in your life. And once they do that, you know they're good. Listen, relationships, they're tough. And being human itself is tough with the emotions and, and dealing with, I don't know, dating apps and all this. It's tough. But it can bring you amazing life experiences. And some people in your life are just there for a few months, just there for a few years. And if you get lucky like me and you, maybe a good bit longer, but enjoy it. Like savor these moments. These are the memories. This is what makes life life. Look for someone that you don't have to compromise your values or your expression or who you are. Look for someone who actively encourages you to be you, who props you up, who makes you feel better. Because that person inevitably is going to be the person that makes you happy for a short time or if you're lucky for a very long time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, relationships are tough. Nothing really in life is easy that is worth it that's so nice love you you do many nice things for me i have to admit and you help and support my creative endeavors and my goals and you want me to succeed because you recognize that if i succeed that we both succeed if you wanted to quit your job to pursue something and i was the only one making money or vice versa it's nice that we would do those things for each other because i talked to some people and they say that they hear of couples where they're not as accommodating as that in other aspects. So I think that's really good. I do. If you make your millions, I am definitely quitting my job. Just just for reference, just so you know, you're going to be my sugar daddy. <laughs> I agree. Sure. Yeah. In conclusion to that, I just want to say that on the podcast, I'm looking for new and interesting guests so we can have fun and have informative conversations like this one. And if there's any topic you're passionate about, let's cover it on Spilling the Syrup. If you are wanting to gain a new perspective and share it with our audience, then DM me and we're going to take it from there. And also, please follow the IG page, Spilling the Syrup. And thanks so much, Owen, for being a guest. And I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe, follow the podcast, and that's it for another week. 
and see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks, Ryan. Love you.